Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knudsen Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. Just the thing you need to crush your sleep routine. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related and muscle recovery benefits. If you've seen the Sleepy Girl mocktail videos on TikTok, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Tart Cherry Juice is where the internet girlies say a better night's rest is, and I gotta say, they're not wrong. Tart cherries may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. So if you're trying to get a better night's sleep, you should drink the good stuff. R.W. Knudsen is 100% juice made with only high quality ingredients. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Hello, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we're not experts. No, we're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Mm. And today, we're talking about attachment styles. Oh, yeah. I'm curious. So we we are going to share our interview with Lane Moore, who is amazing. She's a comedian, award-winning writer, an actor, a musician. And she has this really interesting new book out about friendship, but she talks about attachment styles in it. And it intrigued me because I don't think I really know what my attachment style is. Mm, You might just have a secure attachment style. I might. I will. I, of course, then started looking at all the online tests Mm -hmm. and I was like, maybe I need to look into this. I think it's probably somewhere in the secure slash anxious realm, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't think I've ever given it much thought in terms of like how that might impact not just myself, but like my relationships and friendships. And I just thought it was really interesting because you, you do know a lot about this, you, Dori Shafrir, and have thought a lot about it. Yeah. I mean, I think because I had some like revelations in the last couple of years about attachment style and and not just how it related to you know romantic relationships but also to friendships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and so it was just it was just like eye-opening for me. Have you ever this is also this is unrelated but just something I've been thinking about recently. Have you ever had the thing where on paper, you and another person should be like best friends who totally connect. Yes. And Lane talks about this in her book. Yes. Yes. Like, and you like, can't quite make it figure out why it doesn't work. Yeah. Or like, like, you don't connect with them. Yeah, It's funny. Like there, there are also people who I consider friends who like, when, when it's just us one-on-one, I, I almost feel like we don't have that much to talk about. Uh huh. I know that feeling too. You know? Which isn't, which maybe isn't bad. Like maybe that's a specific kind of friendship. Yeah, totally. But yes, the the we should be friends on paper. Friends are always interesting because it's like, what about this? Just like didn't click. Yes, I have some people who like. I cannot in person, like we've met, and someone is like, "Oh, you guys are going to be the best of friends," and then we meet, and we're like. I don't know what it is, but we just don't connect. Like we even might not even like each other. Like right. we're just not, it's not happening for us. And I, yet I don't know why yeah. and it's okay. But I think as like, for me, the way my brain works, especially it's like in people, people pleaser brain of mm. desperately wanting everybody to like me that when I get the feeling that someone, it's not that they, I've done anything wrong necessarily. We just aren't compatible. 
I, it throws me. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a funny thing. I think also as we get older, friendships change and our approaches to friendships change. I mean, I have friends who have said I like I'm I'm closed. Like my I'm not I've I have no room in my life for more friends. Like my friendship list is full. <laughs> and like on the one hand, I sort of I get it. Like I get it. Kind of like how I was like I cannot pick up pickleball because like my uh, yes. Like my I'm I'm full up on hobbies. Yes, that's a great point. Um it's not that I wouldn't enjoy it. It's that I just, you know, and same thing with mm-hmm. friends. It's like, oh, not that I wouldn't enjoy being friends with you, but like I don't know that I have the time or the energy to like put the work in to become close with a new person. You know? Yeah. It's like an interesting way to think about it. As someone who enjoys making friends. And to be clear, I I did not say that like I am done making friends. This was just something that a friend of mine said that ma- that like made me think about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's an interesting point. So I don't know, you know, and we all like we're all in different seasons of life and sometimes you're in a season of life that like a potential friend is not in and there's there's a lot that needs to like align. I mean, I think Lane talks like mentions this in her book too that like if you went to college like looking back that was that was the the easiest time in your life to make friends right you're just thrown into a place in many college experiences but like just people your age in a contained environment exactly um and then as you get older it does get harder um so i don't know it's like it's all very interesting and it's also interesting I was talking about this with another friend of mine um, about I was <laughs> I was talking about another friend of mine with a different friend. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and I was saying like I I still really like love this person and have known this person for a long time and feel very like I really I I've I'm very I feel very connected to this person but I feel like our friendship has not evolved and I don't know that I consider her a good friend to me. Mm. And that was a sort of like interesting revelation, yeah. you know, and just thinking about the nature of how friendships like grow and change. And sometimes you and a friend kind of grow in the same way. And then other times you don't. And like, what do you, what do you do with that? You know? Yeah, I, I have been hard on myself lately because I feel like I have spent a lot of time grieving some friendships that ended and that don't feel resolved to me. And Mm. they just kind of like, they kind of, it was like a ghosty end of the friendship. And I've spent a lot of time, I spend a lot of time kind of grieving it. And I've kind of just been not hard on myself, but I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of want to nudge myself to like begin to let it go because I do think it's harder for me to accept that friendships have lifespans. You know, like I think with romantic relationships intellectually, I understand like most of the time they don't, they're like, they have a certain time frame, and then you break up and like everybody knows that's like, right. and then you don't, that's it. But friendships, we don't talk about them in the same way. And I think there there is truth to the fact that like some friendships are short, some are long, some are only in your life for this certain period and yep. they were great and you can appreciate yep. them even though they've ended. And I just, I am like really struggling with that with a few um, ended friendships that kind of just ended, they just kind of died, you know, like a yeah. plant that didn't get watered, I guess. Yeah. Well, and you know, something else, and we talk about this in our interview with Lane, but like something else that I, I really appreciated that she talks about in her book. And I think the other people we've talked on the podcast who have written books about friendship also really emphasize this, which is like, you do have to put work into your friendships. 
Yeah. And it has to be from both sides. And that it's a misconception that friendships can just kind of like coast along and have everything be Mm -hmm. easy. Um, Which like, I think a lot of us just sort of assumed. Yes. I didn't realize that you had to put effort into French. Like, I think I've always tried to do that yeah. without thinking about it, but I've never thought about it in, again, the same way yes. as you work on a quote unquote romantic relationship. Yeah. It's really interesting. I know we talked about this a ton on the podcast and yet it, and it continues to fascinate me because yeah. also, you know, these friendships, some of them are going to be with us in like their lifelong and others. And, and also those don't necessarily have more value over a friendship that's short lived. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just think, I think it's, I think there's a lot more to be thought about when it comes to friendships and I am here for it. Yeah. Same. Same. You know, and also I'm grateful for our friendship. Me too. Again, as two people we like as a formed friendships in our thirties formed our friendship in our thirties. Yeah. And you know, I think I've said this to you before, but I'm glad that we didn't become friends till our thirties because I mean, well, <laughs> you posted something in our discord and I was like, we would have never been friends. <laughs> it's like well, we had some band. We had different tastes. <laughs> we were in different. We would have been in different circles. We I would have been circles. like, that girl doesn't want to go to jam band festivals with me. And I don't, I don't want to know her. I would have judged you just by your probably like what you were into. Yeah, and I would have judged you. And vice versa, because yeah, you wrote, you were talking about the new pornographers and I had literally never heard one of their songs. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we swam in different pools, um, but, but, but you know what, Dory? I feel like as I get older, that shit matters so much less to yes, me. Like, a, I don't give a, a thousand shit. percent. Although it is nice to share experiences with your friends. That is but, true. But yes, I agree. It does not have to be like everything. You don't have to have all of the same tastes and interests at all. Um, I also just meant like in terms of, I think, my capacity to be a good friend Mm. I think has like expanded and I've said, I've also said this to you before that I think you are a really good model of how to be a good friend. Oh, that's so nice. Well, you know what? And I, my mom, and I'm, I've probably said this to you before, but my mom had extremely strong friendships and really modeled it and her friends and her friends also modeled it. And some of them were like lifelong friends that she had had for decades some of them she made she like when i was a bit more like aware of the fact mm-hmm. that she was making new friends mm-hmm. and she was really great at it and so i i i i grew up at an advantage of seeing somebody oh i love who, that yeah she was so good at it and her friends you know are still in touch with me even though my mom's been dead for almost two decades at this one like i don't know 15 years now so yeah, she's she has she found some real good eggs, Aww. but I think she also like was one herself. But I that's part of it, right? Like that's so much of it is learning from what we see. Yeah. Or or, you know, not learning. Well, Kate, on that note, should we introduce Lane? Oh man. Y'all are in for a treat. So as mentioned, Lane is an award-winning writer, actor, comedian, musician. Look, the New York Times called her ingenious. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there you go. She is the host of I Thought It Was Just Me, a podcast on Patreon. And her first book, How to Be Alone, If You Want to, and Even If You Don't, was praised as one of the best books of the year by the aforementioned New York Times, New York Magazine, NPR, and a bajillion other places. Her writing has appeared everywhere you want to read stuff. The Onion, New Yorker. Washington Post. She's the host of the comedy show Tinder Live, which has like run all over the world. And she's got an amazing new book out called You Will Find Your People. Before we get to Lane, let's just remind everyone that you can visit our website forever35podcast.com for links to everything we mentioned on the show. 
Follow us on Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast. Our Patreon is at patreon.com slash Forever 35. Our favorite products are at shopmine.us slash Forever 35. We have a newsletter at Forever 35 Podcast.com slash newsletter. And you can call or text us at 781-591-0390 and email us at Forever 35 Podcast at gmail.com. And we will be right back with Lane. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full
Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Lane, welcome to Forever 35. This, I have to say, is exciting because you are someone in my brain I consider like an internet friend, a person like an internet acquaintance, totally. a person I followed for a decade or more. Yeah, it's 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 really wild to have that awareness of another person where you're just like, oh yeah, I know them. I'm friends with them. And then you're just like, I may have never seen their face. No. We may have never shared the same air. And I'm just like, yeah, we're friends. We've been friends for like a long time. I know them. Yeah. And like, you're not even being like, it's so funny because you're not even being like pretending that you know someone that you don't, you do. It's just through the internet. So it's not even like you're like name dropping, but you're just like, yeah, I know them. We follow each other on the internet for some time. Well, we always kick off every interview asking our guests about a self-care practice they have in their life, which as we've now established five years of doing this podcast can really be anything. And we welcome anything and everything. So Lane, if you don't mind sharing, what is like one thing you do as self-care? Oh my goodness. It's so... (laughs) There's things I do and then there's things I try to do. Mm. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. We hear you. Yeah. I feel like my self-care is honestly, sometimes myself, it it varies. Like, and I think that that's why my answer is as such, because I think, you know, there's a type of person, God bless them, who's able to be like, well, every morning I do the following five things and I do them without (laughs) fail and it's so good. And I always do. And I'm not her. Uh, I don't relate to her. Um, I'm making it up as I go. But um, one thing that I do a lot of is just even self-talk stuff. Like my brain will go off on like the negative self-talk and my inner voice is very chatty and just even like having moments where I'm just like, Hey, 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 we're not going to do that. That's really mean. That's really, really mean. Why are we talking to ourselves? What's going on? And like having these like little interventions and it feels so soothing to do. And it's one of those things that I'm sure some people hear that and they're like, that's cheesy. And I'm like, or like, that's like how a lot of people have to get through life. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I know it sounds cheesy, but it, it, it really is helpful to just, cause you have to live in your own head. And I think just taking those moments where I'm able to be like, Hey, what's going on? Why are we doing this? What's, what are you, what are you worried about? Let's, let's take a second. Like you're, you're really, really stressed out. Why? And like, you know, being that for myself, you always kind of wish another person could see that you're like that and jump in and do an intervention, but there's not always someone there and not everybody can tell. I'm very good at hiding that I have an asshole in my brain telling me a bunch of mean things. No one would know. Um, So, you know, I think that's a big self-care thing I do is to just be like, oh, hey, we're not going to keep doing this. This is not good for you. I can't watch you do this, you know? Hmm. I love that you mentioned that you have an asshole in your brain and you essentially mask it well because I mean, I, I relate to that very deeply. And it sometimes, it, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but do you feel like you kind of have to sometimes convince other people, friends in your life, whoever, that things are more challenging for you than they appear? Like oh, the yes. masking is a big coping mechanism, I think a lot of us story. I don't know if you relate yeah, to it too, totally. but like something a lot of us have gotten very good at. It's, it's huge. And look, the, the problem is, and I've been hearing this for uh, most of my life, which is like, I have a feeling that if anything was really wrong with you, like, no one would know about it. And I was like, hey, you're right. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to, people to be right about that, but they are right about that. And it's like, even when I think I'm letting people know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to say this and they're going to know that that means like, I could really use some backup and then no one does anything. And I'm like, oh, Mm. well, okay. And like, it's so hard when you're to break down the walls of like being the strong friend, being the resilient friend. Like I talk about it so much online because it's real. Like, like sometimes I see people's tweets and, you know, like there's a certain accounts where you're just like, oh, you just like read a bunch of Reddit threads and you almost like put it in a blender <laughs> and you knew this would work and you knew it'd get retweets. Um, I I wish I knew like how to do that. Mine are all just like, no, I'm literally struggling with this all of the time. Mm. And then I'm always shocked when people are like, me too. And I'm like, okay, because you do, you feel like it's just you, you know? 
Well, I mean, that is the it's basically the name of your podcast on Patreon, yes. right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I mean, it's like it's it's because it's really true. I have to I have to fight it all the time. Every single time someone on the internet is just like, "Oh my god, we're such twins," and I'm like, "How could that be?" Like, you know, I don't know when when my brain will get to the point where I'm just like, "It's okay to like ask for help. Your thoughts are not." so weird your struggles are mm-hmm. not so strange you're like you know i and when will i get to the point where like my friends see that i might be capable but like i don't like i need help it's it's a it's a very strange thing where you're like yes i can do all these things on my own whilst being very sad or mm-hmm. you could help me i would love that like i want to be a lazy spoiled bitch so much that's like <laughs> i i can't that's everything is leading up to that for me. Well, let's talk about your new book. You will find yeah. your people, how to make meaningful friendships as an adult. Mm. Um, yeah. This, this is like, it felt like a kind of unconventional book about friendship, partly because you admit that you don't have the friends you wish you did. Um, and so what made you want to write this book? And also like, where are you like with regards to friends now? Did writing this book yeah. help you make more friends? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I guess it's I think it's an unconventional book about friendship in a really good way because I personally do not like books about friendship that are just like as someone who's always had perfect friends, let me tell you how it's done, ladies. Fuck off. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from somebody who's had perfect friends since they were 6. I don't give a shit about what you have to say. If you've never struggled with something, you can't give me advice. That's that's just how I feel. I, I just don't want to read a book. Like, it's the same thing with, like, you read these finance books, and they're like, I was born to massive generational wealth. I'm really good with money. And you're like, what? No! <laughs> what? Like, that's bullshit. And I so for me, I wanted to see – I wanted to write a book about, you know – something that I have struggled with my whole life, which is like finding these friends that I saw on TV that I saw in movies and, you know, not finding it living up to what I saw in movies, what I thought that our friends would look like as an adult. And so it's not that I don't have really lovely friends. It's just that I'm, and I have found out this is like a lot of people, um, where it's just not what I thought it would be. And, you know, the things that were reflected in, in, media for me were like, no friends ever broke up. They always knew what you needed um, and immediately gave it to you. Everybody had some kind of just like huge disposable incomes where like, if you like dropped your hairbrush, they were like, girl, we're going to Maui. Like, (laughs) I don't have those friends. What the fuck? Like, where are those friends? And, you know, even I saw somebody two months ago, like, post on social media. They're like, oh my God, like, I was working on something and my friend sent me this like $5,000 gift. What are you grateful for? And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm I'm going to die. I'm going to like, I can't. I was like, I don't have friends sending me like $5,000, $10,000 presents. Like what's wrong with me? And that this kind of like disconnect where like I had people who cared about me. I had people who I cared about. I had people I enjoyed spending time with, but I didn't see them as often as I wanted. I had you know, I didn't know who my emergency contact would be just all these gaps in what it's quote unquote supposed to look like. Mm. And so I really wanted to write a book about that. So it's not, (laughs) you know, it's not like I have no friends, here's how to have them. It's like, you know what, I've had a lot of beautiful friendships and a lot of really horrible friendships. And I've had a lot of painful breakups and a lot of friendships that I thought we're going to end that actually deepened and Mm. just all the things that I have learned from kind of bumping up against all of these walls, but never giving up. And because I so deeply want that connection. And, you know, there was so much that I realized that I had learned from a lot of times, I think the people (laughs) who, who have, that's kind of how you get that wisdom is from, floundering and being treated like shit a lot and not setting boundaries a lot and being like, why aren't they knowing what my boundaries are? So I don't have to set them like all of these things that a lot of us do. And so I, I wanted to, 
I wanted to write this book because, you know, it was interesting too, that the time I started writing, you will find your people. I, uh, it was a funny journey because when I started writing it, I was like, oh my God, I've done it. Finally. I have the best friends. I've done it. Oh my God. My friends are so good. As I started (laughs) writing the book and I'm writing this advice for others, I was like, oh no, this description of a toxic friend is this friend. Oh no. And like, you know, or like I had a friend who had always been so wonderful to me and then she did something kind of crappy and I like talked to her about it and I was like, let's like work through, you know, like I'm not, I just want to talk about this, how it made me feel. And she like totally pulled away and like went into her little like cave, like very avoided. And I was like, okay, cool. So you can lose even your best friends uh, because they just need some time. And that time might be a year. Like just, it was really interesting because my experience with my friends over the course of writing the book was what I talk about in the book where like, even when you get to the point where you're like, oh my God, my friends are so good now that can change so easily. And like, we didn't see that in media ever. It was just like, these are your friends from eight to 85. And that's just not the reality for so many of us. And so it is this like work you have to keep doing no matter how good you get at it. Like, you know, I loved the example you gave of, um, an episode of the new girl when they're when like Schmitz doesn't know what he likes. And so they all buy him a luxury chair. And then one of the characters is like, I don't know. We always just do this. It's really weird. It made me laugh so hard because it's such a good point that we see such kind of uh, these kind of perfect friendships modeled in media. I I wanted to just get your thoughts on like how we now see that in um, like influence, like my kids now, like they're stereotypical, like tweens who watch, YouTube families and like YouTube friendships. Mm. And I look at, you know, I follow influencers and look at their friendships on TikTok. But we're still kind of seeing the same thing as we saw in these fictionalized friendships, right? Yeah. It feels very similar. Well, and because also when somebody is like, despite like, no matter how good intent, like how well intentioned you are, If you are like, if your whole thing online is like me and my best friend, some of that is going to become a little bit, I want to be what people want to see. It's just, it kind of can't not. Like at a certain point, you're going to be kind of playing a a heightened version of that. You're kind of playing, you know, and also even if that friendship online starts off really great, it's going to hit some like weird bumpy stuff and you're not going to want to put that on your YouTube page because that's not aspirational. So it's like we are seeing the same stuff where like a lot of these TV writers, they didn't want to put that. They're not going to put, you know, Rachel and Monica or whatever, like getting into a fight that lasts for months or like there's like an undercurrent of, you know, resentment and like they're not going to do that because no one wants to watch that. So it does become this kind of cycle of like, oh, people don't want to see that. And then so nobody shows it. And so then everybody at home going through that is like, oh, something's wrong with me. And yeah. Where is that? Right. And yeah. it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's really hard. And I think that was a lot of this book too, was like making peace with like, a lot of what I had grown up being like, that's what I want. That's what I'm going to have. Can't wait. And then being like, Oh, that didn't Mm. happen like that yet. Um, but, and kind of making peace with the space in between and kind of finding some solace, uh, in like, Oh, it might not look like this friendship that I really loved watching or this friendship I see on TV, but like, there are moments in so many of my friendships where I'm like, oh, this is what I wanted as a kid. It might not look mm. exactly the same because these are fictional things. You know, e- even the stuff you see on YouTube that's like about real people, again, it's going to be a little bit, a, li- a little bit, not the whole story, I'll say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, none of us are giving the whole story, even if we're, you know, no. not influencers, right? I, I think it's almost impossible to give your whole self in that way. No. And then you also, you know, you feel like, <sighs> yeah, you're also, this is something that I grapple with where I'm like, Oh, can I say that like this great thing is happening, but also like this really hard thing is happening. Like, do I get to say that? Do I get to be multiple Mm. things? Yeah. So I think that is something that um, maybe a lot of us kind of struggle with online. And I think also the other thing is too, like a lot of the friendships that we're seeing on Instagram and stuff like that. I know, I know for a fact 
it becomes this like keeping up with the Joneses. Like I see friends of mine like posting photos and they're like, oh, like uh, me and the girls. And I'm like, you hate eight of those girls. I know <laughs> you do. That one was a dick to you last week. Like you've always been weird with her. She's an asshole. Like, but I don't fault them for that because again, there is this pressure to appear like you have the perfect friend. So it was, it, it does feel scary. It did feel scary to like write about, like <laughs> to feel like you're raising your hand in a room full of people who are like, I have the best friends. Yeah, me too. We did totally same. And you're like, I, I actually kind of struggling with that. And you know, like I know enough to know now that everyone that in that room, when they hear that is probably going to, if they're, if they're fairly in touch themselves, it's probably going to sigh a sigh of relief. Like, oh, can we all stop pretending it's always perfect? But in your head, you're like, oh my God, what if everyone in this room is like, why? That's so weird. I don't at all. Like, you know, like there's still that idea. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, life is unpredictable and a little peace of mind goes a long way. I like the Life360 app because it keeps my family connected and protected throughout the day. I mean, look, no one wants to think about things that could happen in a day, but they can happen. And with Life360, you can set up free crash detection that sends you an alert if someone in your circle is in an accident. You can know exactly where your kids are if they need help, if there's an emergency of any kind, or you can use the SOS button for 24-7 emergency dispatch response. Life360 can be your lifeline in an emergency, but beyond that, it can even help with everyday practicalities. Are you trying to plan when to start a family function based on your kid's arrival time? This way, you can coordinate activities in real time, keep tabs on your kids, and even connect with friends without constantly bugging them. Henry does a lot of after-school activities, and he's going to be in different places all the time. And it's just nice to know where he is, is he safe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I never have to worry. Because parents have enough to worry about. Breathe easier with Life360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code FOREVER35 to get one month of the gold package for free plus 15% off on all tiles. That's life360.com, code FOREVER35. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you Can we can we talk about um and you you obviously talk about this a lot in the book but how to show up for your friends and I guess this is like big picture this is kind of just like how to be a good friend um and what you've learned about being a good friend Yeah I mean I think I talk a lot about um love languages and attachment styles and things like that in here because you know so often we tend to do for our friends what we would want and not necessarily what they would want. Mm. And so figuring that out with each other, you know, so much of what gets lost in friendship is that we treat friendship like it's an afterthought. Like the thing Mm. that matters most is your romantic relationship, your friendships or whatever. No, that's, that's complete garbage. Like we have to get to know our friends and be like, Oh, how, what makes you feel loved? I, (laughs) I did, um, uh, a morning show and the host was like, the host was like, I hate giving flowers. When somebody sends me flowers, I'm so mad. And I'm like, send them to me. I don't hate, uh, who hates getting flowers? But uh-huh. some people do. Like, and it's, <laughs> I it's love all flowers. that stuff. Right? I love flowers. Like, send them all, send me with a truck. But, yeah. but again, knowing these things about your friend, like her friend literally didn't know that she hated getting flowers. So she was sending yeah. her flowers. That's how she sent love. And I have that happen sometimes with my friends where like, 
I see that they think this is how I want them to show up for me. And it's so hard to be like, this doesn't do anything for me at all. Like, because you know, it's well-intentioned, but we have to have those conversations because, you know, hopefully in your ideal friendship, like those things are, are matching up and you're able to, um, you know, meet each other halfway, I think is what it is too, because there's some things that someone might need from me that like, I can't give that. That's just not, Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel comfortable for me to give. And, but those are the conversations we should be having. So I think a lot of it is really just, I think a lot of people, you know, could just be more, a little more mindful. And again, it's, it's not that it's like, oh, everybody's too selfish. No, it's it's that our culture really has told us that we shouldn't have to put that much into our friendships. Right. Yes. So we're kind of like, eh, you're on autopilot. So I don't yes. think it's because people are dicks. I think it's because they're like, you should know what I need. Because on TV, they always know. And mm-hmm. like, you should have known that wasn't the gift I wanted. And it's like, we have to do the same work that we would do in a romantic relationship. We We just do. Yeah. I was really glad that yeah. you talked about it because there is this misconception that like, all friendships should just be easy. And like the second mm-hmm. they get hard, that means like you're not supposed to be friends it's anymore. Yeah. yeah. And like, I really, I really appreciated how you like, you provide like a roadmap, I think, to navigating those friendship difficulties. And I'm also really glad you brought up attachment styles because as Kate yeah. knows, I am also obsessed with attachment styles when it comes to she friends. Is. <laughs> and I yeah. have to admit that the first few chapters of your book kind of stressed me out. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, my God, she has such an anxious attachment style. And this was before I got to your chapter about attachment styles. And I am a recovering avoidant. So I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, this is so stressful for me. I was like, I wouldn't stress you out if you weren't like super. No, (laughs) no. And so then when I got to your chapter about attachment styles, I was like, oh, my God. Okay, this explains everything. And then I was able to just like be a little more chill but like those first two right. chapters i was like oh my god this is so and stressful someone who's for me openly talking about yeah. all this stuff and being like let's get into it and of course our recovering avoidance is gonna be like hell no yeah. let's run from it i was I just like get into i was this. like oh, oh okay uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was really it was really funny That's just so to funny. like kind of see that in action it made me kind of take a step yeah. back and think about like okay like why am i getting so uncomfortable with this you know what i mean that's so funny. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, I've, uh, I've had every attachment style. So like I get all sides of it, which I think is, is, has been very useful in talking about it. Cause I really do see all of it. I, when, mm-hmm. when I had some avoidant tendencies, I think, I don't know if I was ever straight avoidant. Uh, I think I might have been like anxious avoidant, like a mm-hmm. com- the combination. Uh, for a while, but I know, like, for a while, I was a little bit like, what? You love me? Why? Go away. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. What? Shut up. Like, I did have that <laughs> for a little while. Yeah. So I get, I get it. I have, I have empathy for all sides, which is, which has been nice because I think that sometimes what tends to happen, particularly with, um, anxious, anxious, anxious uh, attachments and avoidant attachments is there can be, I've seen it happen so often where there's this like line drawn where it's just like, you're bad. No, you're bad. And it's like, I have never felt that way because I've been on both sides of it. I think that if you, if people are, so I'm very like, when I did, I did a lot of uh, attachment style TikToks for a long time. And people would come in and like be like, yeah, avoidance are awful. And I was like, oh my God, hold on. (laughs) Just like take a second. Because so I'm very, I'm not, there are some people who like draw these really harsh lines. And I always look at it as, look, if the other person is like willing to communicate with you, willing to work on this with you, because there are, there are some people who like don't care that you're hurt, they're hurting you and are like really shitty. Like that's just, human beings, Mm -hmm. like just not very great human beings. But you know, I've had some avoidant friends and they're just like, okay, you need something different than what I need. And I'm like, you need something different from what I need. And we've been able to figure something out. And I think that's really what it is, is not looking at it as like, we're different. So this is bad. This is a failure, but really looking and seeing like, any configuration can work if like both people are doing their own work on themselves. And like, open to that. And it's honestly, I'm, 
and I, I don't mean this in any kind of condescending way at all, but like, I'm really proud of you that you kept reading and we're like, I can do this because <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when you're, when you're feeling like, oh my God. when you're avoiding and you're like, they're talking about the feelings. No, not the feelings. Yeah. It was, I'm glad it was were, also like, really funny when I got to your chapter about like, here's some nice things you can do for your friends. And I'm like going through all, I'm like, oh, I've never done any of these. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because so many of them are like, I've done this. It'd be cool if my friend did. <laughs> you know, like as an anxious person who's like doing, you know, and tended to struggle with, with people pleasing and stuff. And it's like a lot of times that's the thing. Like we end up becoming friends with like our opposites there, like so many times. And you know, I always I always hesitate to say it because it's like I never want to make it sound like I'm like, I've always been great and they've always sucked. No, that's not it. But you you do get into these patterns where you're like, oh, yeah. I tend to give too much and I squash down my needs. And so then I'm friends with takers and people mm-hmm. who don't give a shit about boundaries. It doesn't make me this like pristine angel. Like it's bad that I'm in this dynamic too, you know? Yeah, it's a lot to think about. Um, and yeah. <laughs> there's so much there. There's so much there. I mean, I know we could probably have like a whole episode just talking about attachment styles. Um, <laughs> I've never like dug too deep into attachment styles in terms of myself and others. Like I need now I'm your book is and talking to Dory a bit about it has made me be like, hmm. I just think it's a. I think. I wanted to share like all of the tools that had been useful to me. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, I, I, and also the way that attachment styles are usually talked about is in the very like clinical way that like my brain can't process. Um, but it was something that like, it's like in this study and I'm like, I'm gone. Um, <laughs> like I can't, but, but like for someone like me, who's kind of more new to it or someone could yeah. be listening. Who's like, what the f- hell are they talking about? Yeah. What is like a brief summary uh, of an attachment yeah. attachment style. I know you both mentioned avoidant, yeah. anxious. Uh, it's usually avoidant, anxious, or secure. And it really is just, the idea is that you're able to attach to other, how easily you're able to atta- um, attach to other people. So how easily you're able to connect with other people, how easily uh, you're able to get close with other people. And uh, a lot of the time, pretty much every time, I would say, um, it is based around how easily you were able to attach to your caregivers as a kid. Mm. So uh, if you had any kind of stress around your attachment there, had any kind of like uh, insecure attachment with that, it like carries for the rest of your life, which is such a scam. And I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad about it because we don't yeah. get to choose it. We don't get yeah. to choose it. We get the caregivers we get and then we are shaped by them and then we get to untangle those uh, knots for a long time. The rest of our lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's such bullshit. Yeah. Um, why do you think we put so much emphasis on romantic relationships and not the platonic? Like, is that the patriarchy? Like, what? what is that? Because in my mind, I, I guess also after talking about friendships so much on Forever 35, like, they're essentially very similar just yeah. one you're sexually intimate and on a platonic relationship you're you're not but it's still extremely intimate emotionally can be physical like yeah there's such weight given to who we are and how we are in romantic relationships and as you said like none in friendship i guess if we if if someone's listening who wants to work on themselves in their friendship specifically what would be kind of the first step you would advise them to take? Wants to work on themselves and their friendships in, in what way? I guess uh, not necessarily to be a quote unquote better friend, but to maybe dig deeper into how they show up. Yeah. I mean, I I think taking stock uh, is a really, really good place to start. Um, I really recommend like going through your current friendships uh, and even your past friendships if you want to, but if you want to start with your current friendships and be like, okay, how do these people make me feel? How do I feel when I'm around them? What do I tend to bump into? Like just starting to look at your own patterns, the way that many of us, if we've noticed that we have some like kind of sticky patterns, which I think almost everybody does with romantic relationships and you start to kind of take stock and you're like, okay, this tends to be the type I go for. This tends to be, cause there's always at least for me in my past romantic relationship, there was always kind of some current where it was like 
some consistent kind of theme. And I think the same is true for our friendships where you're like, and even when you take stock, you'll notice, like I, I, I talk about, um, I talk about in the book, you might notice that, um, when you're going through your current friendships, that a lot of the qualities that you are looking at remind you a lot of people from your childhood. And again, looking at it through this lens and also looking at yourself and saying like, what do I actually want? Because so many of us, myself very much included, thought that friendship was just like, oh, you chose me. I'll go. Sure. Like, right, right. That you're just going with the flow, like on a fucking lazy river from hell. And you're like, <laughs> okay. And, but then you look at it and you're like, I actually don't like this person. I'm not really compatible with this person. This isn't the kind of friendship I want. So I think so many people are still tethered to these friendships they didn't really want. So I think a lot of it, you know, and again, I think that that's why I wanted to give kind of different advice than what we see in a lot of these friendship books. Because so much of the advice is like, go to a bar, meet some people. It's not that hard, you freaks. And I'm like, (laughs) the problem is not meeting people. That's not what people are struggling with. The problem is not like, Mm. I can't find anyone that I can talk to for 10 minutes. I think most of us can do that. It's just that there's so much deeper work that we have to do. But people Mm. have just become so used to like, hey, take this like quick, totally cheap garbage advice that's like not going to ultimately help you. So I think as much as that seems like a more attractive option, I think that that is a stopgap. I think ultimately you have to do some deeper work. Yeah. Lane, you have, uh, I would say, earned a reputation as a Tinder expert by this point. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Yes. Um, I have never been on a dating app. Just out of curiosity, like, what are you seeing? Like, what's kind of the vibe on dating apps right now? Are there like awful trends happening in the dating app world, specifically Tinder? Like, anything that you, of note that you... And, and actually, while we're here, thoughts on making a friend via a friend dating app? Um. I haven't seen very many new trends. Like I've been doing Tinder Live for almost 10 years now. I haven't seen any new trends. It's amazing. I know. It really, it really is. I really have like more than done my 10,000 hours um, <laughs> of tindering. Yeah. All the, all the apps. I know because people are always like, what about this app? And I'm like, they're all the same. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's the same people on every single one of them. But anyway, like people love to do that. Like they think they're throwing me a curveball. It'll be like someone after a Tinder live show, like, what about this? And I'm like, you don't think I have been on that app. You think there's anyone different on that app? Like you've uncovered some secret Mm -hmm. thrift store where every coach purse is 30 cents. You haven't. Um, but (laughs) like, I would know about it as I like chain smoke, um, a fake cigarette. But, um, you know, I think for better or worse, I have noticed that dating apps have not like the people, the behavior has not, has not really changed. I mean, for, for me, as somebody who does a comedy show about it, that's great because I'm not like, oh no, how, I've run out of, of really chaotic profiles. How am I going to do the show now? Like that's, I've never once been worried about that. Yeah. Um, but as you know, for people who are using these apps to like actually meet people, like that's less fun. <laughs> you know, um, I think, I think that for people, I mean, there are people, who meet people on, on friendship apps and stuff like that. If that works for you, that's great. Um, for me, I don't know. I'm tired. I don't want another app. Like I just don't, I, I used to, I, I don't want to, if it were up to me, I'd use like no apps. I don't know how you feel about that, but like, I just, I don't want to be on my phone all the time. Yeah. I, I really don't. Yeah. There's like yeah. app we don't oversaturation. That's not, yeah. That's not, I don't think that's the answer. Yeah. Like, I don't think, Technology is going to save us in that way. If it was going to, it already would. I think it's a deeper problem. Again, it's it's the issue of it's not that you can't meet people. It's like it goes beyond that. It's like real friendship is about like, how do I maintain this? How do I keep this healthy? What do I do when problems come up? Like, that's it. So, you know, if it's if it's just in terms of meeting people and that feels good to you, like, great. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I kind of took some pressure off of myself. And I was like, you know what? I have some people who I really love who are really great. If other people come and add to that, that's great. If some people kind of leave, 
I'll address that as it as it comes, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, Lane, it's been really fun to get to talk to you. Thank you for coming you. on the show. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much, Lane. Um, where can yeah. our listeners find you if they want to go to one of your live shows? How can they find that info? All the things. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> the things. Um, uh, all my social media is at Hello Lane Moore. Um, my website that has like tour dates and uh, all the both of the books and everything is lanemore.org. And then uh, my podcast is called I Thought It Was Just Me. And that is on Patreon. Amazing. Thank you so much. You know, now I'm sitting here thinking about what my dog's attachment styles are. Oh, I mean, mine is anxious. Yeah, both of mine are anxious <laughs> to the extreme. Don't you think most dogs are anxious? Probably. And most I would cats are avoidant. To... Yes. <laughs> yes. Totally. And horses 100%. are secure. I would say horses are secure. Horses can be kind of salty, though. Like, I, I'm learning more about horses. Like, mares are very attached, and the geldings can be a little bit aloof. Oh, interesting. And the stallions can, like, really take to you, but, like, sometimes too much, yep. you know, because yep. they haven't been gelded. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, just thinking about my dogs. Well, that's not my intention for this week, but I will tell you what my intention is. Okay. Well, last week I was putting some thought into how to get off of Instagram for the summer. I'm still thinking about it. I haven't done it, but I am checking it less because I personally find it extremely overwhelming and discombobulated. Like there's no like coherent flow to Instagram anymore. And I follow way too many people. So I just almost don't even look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, on that note. Okay. This week I have, I'm going to say a vulnerable intention. Oh, okay. I can't wait. I'm going to, I want to figure out what to do for my birthday. Mm -hmm. My birthday is coming up in July. I really I don't like birthday parties for myself. Yeah. I never have. I don't know if it's just the result of being a slightly insecure person with a summer birthday. So like nobody was ever around. I don't know. But I've never really done anything with a group for my birthday. And there is a part of me that like deeply longs for something, mm. but I don't know what to do. And I keep kind of like coming up with all these ideas and I feel like I'm overthinking it. And then I <clears throat> think of all the people I would want to invite and the list feels long and I get overwhelmed because everybody doesn't know each other. And right. I just, I don't know, I don't know how to do a birthday thing. I've never done it. I don't know how to do it, but I'm starting, I am kind of starting to feel like it would be nice to spend time with people I love and just like celebrate getting to exist. How about you? How was your last week intention? Okay, so Father's Day was pretty good, I have to say, just in terms well of done. like my <laughs> my performance of it. Your performance. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, I got um first of all, shout out to CVS. <laughs> wow. Because you can upload photos into a photo book and they will like make it immediately. <laughs> And really? Yes. And oh, I, did you do it online at your house? I did it online at, at my house. And then I chose the nearest CVS with, with like a one hour photo, which was very close to my house. And I did it, I did it late at night, but it was ready first thing in the morning. Like literally first thing. Like I woke up and there was an email being like, your book is ready. <laughs> oh my gosh. And okay. This is having, a hot tip. having some sale. So it was like half off. I think I paid $20 for like a hardcover photo book that was ready immediately so that was like very i was pleased with that also i got to like put um it was like father's day themed so that was fun a lot of pages that said things like number one dad best dad ever <laughs> stuff like that oh i love it this. was cute um and then something that i do every year for Matt is I get him and Henry like matching t-shirts. So like one year Matt's You do? Yes, I do. So one year Matt's was a pizza with a slice missing and Henry's shirt was a slice. 
Dory, stop. <laughs> that is so cute. What a great idea. One year, Matt's t-shirt was like a Pac-Man t-shirt and Henry's was a ghost. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then this year, Matt's was a big moon and Henry's was like a little astronaut floating through space. Uh, where are, where do you come up with these? Etsy. Where do you find Etsy. them? If you just search like... Those are so great. Father, child t-shirts. Um, they'll co- Or like even just Father's Day t-shirts. I think they would probably come up. So I did that. And then I also ordered um, breakfast sandwiches for everyone, which were like a little bit of a miss because I got Matt the wrong kind of bagel, but he was still able to eat it and it was fine. And it's the thought that Good. counts, you know. It is. It um, is the thought that counts. And all he wanted to do yesterday was watch sports because it was the U.S. Oh Open gosh. and two Red, Red Sox, Sox games. games. <laughs> so, you know, he was able to do that. You could give that. You could give that gift. I could to give him. him that gift. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. This week, got a. We are going on a trip, and so I. Like, I feel like this is the week that I need to just sort of like make sure we have everything in order and mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. So that is my intent for this week. Well, I'm into it, Dory. Thank you, Kate. These are good ones. <sighs> Thank you. Um, all right. Well, you know, we should also tell people this is our last Wednesday full length episode. Yes, we'll be coming to you next week. On the 3rd. On a Monday. Yeah, on, on Monday. The 3rd. Um, Independence Day Observed? <laughs> no, Independence Day Observed know. is on the 4th. Oh, okay. Then forget that. Um, yeah, just ignore me. We'll be coming to you on Mondays from now on. Yeah, we'll be coming to you on Mondays from now on. And if you want more, you can join the Patreon, patreon.com slash forever35. And this episode is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrier, and Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager, our network partners, ACAST. Talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.